Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Before we get started, if you're in the market to buy or sell a home in the Bryan College Station, Texas, or surrounding areas, and you've had questions like, I wonder what it takes to get into a home and how the financing works, or I'm trying to sell my home and I want to move into something bigger or upgrade or move towns, and I want to get fair value for my home and get the most money that I can out of it, but at a fair price. Give Laura Lee a call or text her at any time. She works really hard to make sure everybody in the whole process gets an honest, fair deal. And she's the one that got us in our home. We could not be happier with the entire process. So if you've got any questions about buying or selling a home, call or text Laura Lee at any time. Her number is 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. All right, on this episode, a talk with DJ Adonis. He's a local DJ here in College Station, but he really travels around. He does spots and gigs all over Central and East Texas, uh, really all the major cities, and even travels out of state some to do some things. He's got a really neat story about pursuing his passion, and I really love this process, and everybody can kind of benefit from how he marketed himself, how he sold. He's really, really an intelligent businessman. So... I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did with DJ Adonis. There you have it. It's live. We're sort of live. We're recording anyway. Okay, cool deal. We're here, we're here. We're here, man. Met you on Twitter, Twitter. actually. Um, I don't know how. I guess people like stuff, and then it showed up up on my page. I guess, uh, oh, DJ Rob. Rob. Rob liked something and made a comment about, you should have a podcast. Yep. The power of social media, man. Yeah. The power of social media. And I was like, yeah, you should have a podcast. Yeah. And if you want to be on mine, you can. And then that was it. Thank like, you for having me it. here today, man. Although I I was expecting the hair. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dude, this guy's got the best hair ever, yeah. dude. It's going to no. be awesome. Not anymore. That was me uh, about a month ago. And it got a little bit too hot, so I had to cut it low. And I, I was talking to people about it today. Like, I feel so much better. Like, it's so much of a relief. Well, I mean, it looks cleaner. Yeah. I will yeah, say that. Like, it looks a little bit, it looks good. Yeah. It's a good look on you right now. Appreciate it. But man. the other one was cool too. I had like a really long hair too about a month ago as well. Got tired of it? Um, well, my wife likes it shorter. Mm-hmm. And I know it looks better shorter. Long hair is fun though. Yeah. You know, it's kind of fun to have. Really so it's like kind of sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I surprised my wife. She didn't make me do it, but I surprised her. And got you just showed up with it? Yeah. I made sure, yeah. like, she took takes the bank account like crazy so i had to do it when i knew she was going to be traveling from work home mm-hmm. so i i did it while she was at work she came home and just she wow. saw me and said that, yeah new man <laughs> just surprising her so man what uh tell me about this t- traveling dj stuff dude traveling dj uh it's really cool it's uh something i worked pretty hard on i've been djing for going on almost six years now uh, so it takes me to a lot of places, of course, because I'm traveling. I get to network, uh, meet with a lot of people. Uh, even with this, like me and you meeting up, it's kind of like one of them things you let life flow kind of as it may, and stuff just happens, man. It's been great. It's been a hell of a journey the past six years. I can honestly say that. Uh, but it's great. I get to meet a lot of cool people, like I said, work for a lot of cool businesses, um, and just travel and get to do what I love, basically. So where where all do you go? Like where all do you travel to? Where all do I travel to? So mostly, uh, I'm based here in College Station right now. I've been here for going on two years, uh, but outside of that, I'll travel to like Huntsville. I graduated from Sam Houston State University, uh, so they keep me 
employed, uh, doing plenty of events for the school, uh, president's office, dean of students, program council, basketball games. Oh, geez, you DJ for all that stuff over yeah. there? Pretty much everything. Uh, like right now, I'm in a series where I'm doing every home game. Uh, it's a tailgate, like the official tailgate for the school. Uh, so I love going back out there. I always get to interact with students that are younger than me. Um, let's see where else do I go? I go to Houston. I'll do pop ups at like clubs out there, certain events if it's like private parties, things like that. Uh, been to Dallas, San Antonio, pretty much. Most of the major cities and towns in Texas, more of. Uh, I've been out of state a few times, mostly to do weddings. Nothing crazy just as of yet. But That's pretty cool you've been out of state, there. though. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, it's, dude. It's been some of my, my most fun experiences, actually. So, going out of state? Yeah, going out of state. It's been cool just getting to, like, see that you started from nothing and now people are. It's not even about the money. It's never about the money for me. Seeing that people value you enough to bring you and in my situation to do their wedding they know that you're going to do a good job they know you're going to keep people entertained so they value you enough to bring you out to their wedding or to their event so how did you get started doing all this like i mean this is your only gig right this is your full-time gig doing a dj yeah uh i quit my job like two years ago well not two years ago a year ago actually a year ago in july um to go full force with this right after i graduated i was like I'll, I'll get to the question, I promise you. Um, but <laughs> I just have yeah. to I have to start there. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, know why. It, man. Yeah, um, no, no. Of I course. quit my job a year ago. Uh, I did the whole go through college, get the job you want, get there, and it's like, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to sit behind a computer all day, being in Houston, dealing with traffic, all that. Um, but to get to the question, how I got started... Um, I essentially got started because my whole family comes from like a really musical background. So we grew up in a church, of course, uh, traditional Southern black people growing up in a church, you know, everybody's singing, clapping. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my grandfather's like a really big pastor. So he made sure, I guess, stemming down from his kids and then my mom and their brother, her brothers and sisters stemmed down and made sure that we all knew how to like sing if you didn't know how to sing you knew how to hum damn good uh play some drums <laughs> guitar uh you gotta you gotta do something basically in that church uh you had to so i my thing was when i was younger i played a bit of the guitar um drums kind of came naturally which is you know if you can hold a beat you can hold a beat uh, i was always fascinated by the piano but never got into it but long story short um we always grew up around music so Say, for example, I would go to my uncle's and I would hear like some really deep jazz music like Grover Washington or uh, I'm listening to something like some Marvin Gaye. And then I go to my aunt's house and she's playing like Patti LaBelle or Erica Badu. Um, and then my mom had her own selection of music. So basically, I'm growing up and I'm hearing all this music. And as I go, I have like my older cousins listening to like, you know, Tupac because they're older than me and things like that I'm gathering all this music in my head and I'm like I'm seeing how it's affecting them more of and it's making them happy and them sing and dance and feel some type of way so I always had a really extensive music library got to college I saw some guys DJing and I was like man I can do that like so I buy <laughs> I go on Amazon or it was eBay actually Amazon wasn't as popping back then I go on there and I see this digital turntable I'm like I'm gonna buy that so I save up, buy it, look at it, and I was like, "No, nah, this shit's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard." So I, I literally, I can, I, I shit you not, I put that thing back under my bed for like a year. 
Really? So you just <laughs> bought it and you're like, oh, yeah. no, I don't have any exact. I'm going to put it I was like, like no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to keep, you know, working the nine to five, doing whatever. So I meet a guy, uh, one of the first DJs I ever met that was like cool enough to like talk and sit down and I actually went through a, a interning process for organization with him. He uh, was DJing, and I was like, man, this dude's badass. Like, he's over there mixing and scratching and making people happen. I'm like, man, I just know there's something in me that's telling me I can do it. So I pick up my board, and we meet up, and he starts to kind of, like, mentor me. But he only mentored me so much. He was more of one of those, and now you got to go out there and actually do it super fast. Like, he was like, that's the only way you're going to get better is if you, you know, you get that experience in. Like, you're going to suck at first, but if you keep going, like, things are going to get better for you. Surely enough, you practice with anything, you get better at it, and you become great. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. I was at Sam, Sam Houston, um, saw a guy who's now one of my close friends DJing, and I kind of took it from there and ran with it. So, when, just to expound on this gig mm-hmm. thing, when you suck at first, you're sucking in front of a bunch of people, right? Like, somebody hires you to be a DJ, and then you suck. Now, how do you get hired again after that? You got to suck in front of yourself first. But my thing was, I always knew a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I used that to my advantage. So I would literally just... I didn't have speakers. I didn't have anything. I had the board and a busted Toshiba laptop. It had a hole in it. Like, literally a (laughs) hole in the bottom of it. I would pull up at my friend's house and make them listen to me. Like, if they're going to be playing music, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Like, y'all are going to listen to me. So I'll pull up with these computer speakers, this Toshiba laptop, and this board all in my backpack. And so from there, I then forth uh, the apartment complex I was living at the time. Like, for whatever reason, at nighttime when the staff would leave, people, white, black, Mexican, girls, uh, short, tall, they would all gather at the pool, like, it was some of the locals and kind of a blend of the college students. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to take my speakers out there and I'm going to start DJing. So you just DJed the pool? I did it at night when no, when like none of the staff was there um, and it was people there. So slowly as people would hear the music, they would come. And so it's like I'm messing up, but they can't be mad at me because they're not paying me. I'm not technically working for them. So it kind of worked out. And then from there, I would learn, like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that on this transition. Or maybe I should not play this song because it's not making people move a certain way. You just experiment so, with yeah, it from you there? Learn. You learn from there. And surely enough, uh, one time there was this fluke party. And I we didn't plan it or anything. It was just like another night on a weekend. And I promise you there was like i can remember it was at least like a hundred people maybe 150 almost 200 people there for no reason i'm djing on these little bitty computer speakers like there's one there's like the big sub but then there's like the two that are not that big not that loud and i have them things cranked up and everybody's just there and the cops come and it's crazy and we all run um but basically like to get good you just have to keep practicing and make yourself comfortable i feel like in front of people i don't know if that answered the question or not oh yeah no but i mean it gives a really good background because explaining it like that is um you threw yourself out there for free first yeah you just found like you found unique little loopholes you one obviously love to dj Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to come to you and like oh you dj let me hire you without having some kind of background or some kind of something. Yeah, then how do you before. get the background? Yeah. That's, that's always the question. Like, how do you get experience and background mm-hmm. if everybody's going to hire somebody because they're they're wanting people to come to their establishment to hear somebody that's good? Oh, yeah. 
So how do you get that background, the experience and all that good mm-hmm. stuff? Because the DJ is not going to bring you in the booth all the time to be like, yeah, this is how you do all this, bro. I'm oh, no. show you how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's a little tough to do. So throwing, uh, like, I love hearing that you just went out there because you obviously did it because you like to do it. Oh, yeah. It was never like, this wasn't, it doesn't seem like anyway, the way you're telling the story. That it was like, I'm gonna make some money DJing. No, it was. You're like, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna DJ because this is fun. It was never about the money. And like, I tell people this story, like, especially when guys are asking me, like, how do you price or quote people? The first time somebody ever paid me, I didn't ask. Like, I wasn't looking to get paid. Like, I literally, <laughs> um, I was DJing at a house party and it was for a group of coworkers and we all knew people. So we invited people. And a girl literally walked up to me and handed me a $5 bill. The first time I ever got paid it was five bucks, and so she was like, yeah, she was like, hey, you man, play one of my favorite songs, and it's moments like that that kind of like gave me a, okay, like this is cool. Not even because of the money, but because she was like, this is one of my favorite songs, like, and she enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and I don't remember what I was playing or how it happened, but I was like, damn, I got. Five well, you bucks. created something. You're like an artist, mm-hmm. and you created something. Somebody liked what you created. Mm-hmm. It's that 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 genuine that, feeling of happiness. Yeah, that's got to be an enjoy. Like that's got to be something that is the most incredible about it like me putting myself in your shoes mm-hmm. it's got to be really cool it's like an artist with a painting you know somebody buys your painting because they like it oh yeah yeah same feeling man i'm pretty sure them guys are getting paid racks for them paintings like, yeah you know? i have some friends that are artists and they do but they put a lot of work into yeah. it too it's not just that hey hang on i'm gonna go quiet the dogs down oh you're good all right we're back after the short break I had to quiet the dogs i forgot to let the dogs in cool deal so don't throw us off track they're all right short they're break. all right but yeah, so like your creative avenue of just being able to figure that out is is really like it's really cool, and I love hearing stories about that because so many people are like, "How do I start? What do I do?" And you explained it perfectly, mm-hmm. like just go out and do it. Yeah, like you have to it. just it's, do it. It's just like uh, if two people are auditioning for the same role, you can give them the same script, but they're not gonna know how to act it out. It's all gonna be natural, and that's been my thing. Like everything that I've done. I really didn't have, like, not even to say it like that. I had some some great mentors that actually took time to, like, sit it down with. But everything else, like, learning how to, like, deal with people and how to pick up on different music for different cultures and different backgrounds and knowing, you know, demographics, all that kind of stuff I had to learn by, like, bumping my head, like, going out there and trying things and learning, like, you got to put yourself out there and stick to it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so you taught yourself how to do all that stuff and then... How do you get your first, you get your first paying gig? You go by to clubs, you give cards out. Like, how hard is it and difficult is it to go and get yourself a gig? Man, I've probably done some of everything, uh, and I'm real deep <laughs> into studying people and how they act and how they react to things, and just like watching other people make mistakes. Like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. Like, say for example, um, a way to get paying gigs. What works for me is. Putting in the work beforehand so you can be prepared for the moment. So I know that when I get that moment, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill it. And while I'm there, I'm going to meet as many people as I can. And really, me meeting people and networking has been one of my things. Like, people meet me. They get to know me as a person. It's not even about me DJing sometimes. Like, we have cool conversations, things we can relate on. And that kind of more of pushes me to get booked i guess you would say making those relationships along the way yeah they Um, like you yeah 
they like me as a person. I like them as a person, of course. Sometimes you don't always see eye to eye with people, but they'll still book you. Like, if they know your quality, honestly, because <laughs> they know they can't do without you, they can try. People will try to go and book you or try to book around you, but they're like, no, nah, we just got to bite the bullet and go get who we know is going to do the best for us, you know. But I don't really have a lot of situations where I don't like someone and they don't like me and they book me. Like, I have had people try that, but... To get back to what you were saying uh, on the question, sorry I kind of get off topic. No, no, it's fine, but, uh, man. You can go wherever you want with it. Oh, yeah. yeah you just explain whatever you want. Appreciate it, man. Um, but getting gigs, uh, there's a lot of things you could do. Uh, of course, you have to market yourself, um, have a presentable appearance. That's one of the reasons why I want to get rid of the hair also. A lot of people see me with my hair, and they might judge and be like, oh, this guy looks crazy. His hair its all over the place. Uh, just a more well-groomed <laughs> yeah. uh, image, which is kind of sad to say because it's not the hair or you know anything like that it's the person no but, but it does make a difference yeah it, I mean, def- it does your appearance makes like makes people feel a certain way it definitely does you know you can't just like it has to be tasteful whatever you're doing mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like you have tattoos everywhere yeah if they're not tasteful and they're not like like i guess i put it this way like i've i've got quite a few tattoos right yeah and they're all special to me i liked them mm-hmm. i got them for a certain reason and they fit me you know what I mean? They fit my personality, who I am as a person, all that good stuff. That's what I tell people all the time. Don't just go get something like that. Just to, If you get it just to like show off and brag and do yeah. all that, and it's not part of your personality, like who you are, it's going to look out of place for some reason. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you got a full sleeve right there. Yeah. And this is I all wouldn't, like... I wouldn't even think about it. Like, talking to you, I wouldn't even think... I'm not even thinking about that when I look at it. You're not judging. You know what I mean? That's a big thing with society today, and I feel like we could go... This would, this would get deep, but just judging people, man, like, color, the color of your skin can get you judged. Like, you know, that's something we won't get into, but it's just sad that people will judge someone before they get to know them, and they haven't taken a step back to, like, actually be like oh this person is that way because like say for example and this is random and funny like I could have been growing my hair because I got a huge bald spot in the middle of my head and nobody would have known that but they think I'm looking crazy because my hair is all long just like get to know people before you try to cast judgment on them man like, well is they, uh, I mean they can judge people from even where you're from yeah like it doesn't even have to be like the color of your skin or the tattoos you or the clothes you're wearing it could be that like you could be from you know the pacific northwest or Mm -hmm. you could be from new york or you could you know and people do it all over the place and vice versa like both areas they just they'll just judge everything you know the the midwest is going to judge people from the south and the northeast and the northwest you know that they they have this idea in their head of what this person's supposed to be like and everybody's going to be that same way and nobody's different there they're all like this in that area let me i can share an interesting story with you Along those lines, man, and this might even this might even blow your mind because uh, it completely baffled me when I stumbled across the the issue or the problem. So, you know, you have like a uh, Americanized black people, I guess you would say, like we're here born in America, African Americans, and you'll have black people that'll come from like Nigeria and Africa and you know out of the states. When I first got to Sam, I didn't even realize this, but the I felt like the Africans and Nigerians there were kind of judging the the African Americans there, and they were like, "Man, y'all are culturally dumb. Like y'all are stupid. This, that, and the third. And I'm like, "Where's all this coming from? Like I thought, You're not poser. even to say that. Like I thought we were all the same here. Like 
I thought we're just all black like we're cool they're like no it's a totally different culture like it's a totally different understanding to what it's like to be black and I never understood that until I got around more people at the university and I was like well damn that's something I learned which I thought was kind of intriguing or interesting to me do you ever have any conversation with them about it? Yeah, like definitely. Just ask them because I want to know. Like I'm the type of person. Like if there's, if there is a problem like that, I want to know kind of why and kind of get to understand. And so from there, I kind of befriended a couple of them, and I understood like why they were the way they were. More because it's men stemmed down from their parents on out, and I can understand that. You know, there's the the rabbit hole gets way deeper, of course, and I can understand where they were coming from. But I'm just like instead of thinking that try to enlighten people or try to enlighten the african-americans and get to know them and they might have something to share with you uh, do you think it's like so you're i mean you grew up here the culture here is the slavery and the racism mm-hmm. and everything else like in the history you know the way it was yeah. in that culture like your parents grew up through you know your parents your grandparents grew up through a different time as far as that goes. They know them. Yeah. They lived over there where that is that that's they're the majority of the population, right? Yeah. So that's them. That's their land, their country. That's what they grew up around. So they look at you thinking you're like culturally dumb. Oh yeah. Because you grew like, not all of them. Though. You know what I mean? Your background and you the way you grew up and your heritage is totally different than theirs, even though you're the same color. Yeah, and that. Well, that was like a, a small story that kind of like interested me or got me wondering like what really goes on inside the U.S. and what really goes on outside the U.S. Because, I mean, it's like over here, I feel like there's a bunch of things that's a bunch of fluff and BS that kind of keeps us distracted from what's really going on. And that was to sum up the uh, and nobody's ever right or nobody's ever wrong, you know, but it's like, yeah, that's what I realized. One of the main differences was like they were more of a straight to the point type of culture or sure more just straight to but it like, to, you to, know, yeah you travel and you learn things like this all the time mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's like, why it's great to travel traveling is one of the best education probably the best education that you can get mm-hmm. is to open your eyes to see how the different people live and function and you know that they're the same as you but not the same they they grew up different yeah. and they have a different background and they do things a little different it can open your eyes to a lot of different things that uh, you wouldn't know about you know if you just heard it on the news or you live here and you're just assuming what it's like mm-hmm. over there. Like you only oh, get one idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go there like, oh, like talking to Rob about Kenya. Oh yeah. And you're like, that's not at all what I pictured in my head. Mm-hmm. You know. They'll paint a picture for you, especially like the media, the way they portray things. They will paint a different picture of you, different picture of the world, and then you're kind of like, that's all I have. So that's what I think I know. Yeah. To say the least, but um, so you did. So you actually dealt with that over there in Sam Houston. That's super interesting, yeah. man. And then I got to travel outside of the country, and it more of made me realize, like, where's where did you go outside the country? Uh, I went to Turks and Caicos, okay, which was really cool. Uh, it's a small series of islands, like right under Florida. I guess you would say the best way to describe it, for lack of better words. Um, but there's a lot of different nationalities and different types of people that live there, but it's nothing like the U.S. And they completely, I want to say they live like a, to me it was like a better style of life. Uh, I feel like we're getting kind of <laughs> off, but it's just like, the, you know, the rabbit hole gets deeper once you start talking about things. And one thing 
I'll say that I noticed that I took from there, like the American diet and how easily accessed, how easily accessed, I guess you would say foods that aren't as good for you, quote unquote. Processed like, foods. Yeah, yeah, processed foods. No, 100%. I'm right behind you on this one. They had none of that. They had no McDonald's. They had, not that I was going to look there for it, but it's like the total Holy cow, I need landscape. to take a note of this. This might be where we need to move. The, yeah, the total <laughs> landscape was different. Like, they just had a supermarket. There, I didn't see not one fast food restaurant, man. You go in the store and there's like not all the candies and chips and sodas. They literally had red bag of Doritos, blue bag of Doritos, yellow Lay's, and I think like yellow M&M's and the regular M&M's. That's and their junk that, food. Everything else, there was nothing in the store. Like they literally had a store with the shelves were empty. Like something had happened and somebody came through and bought up everything. But the guy was like, no. Nah, so how do they get their proteins and all that? They go to the store. They go, they grow stuff in the fields. They actually like cook basically. So the local people grow stuff and sell it. Mm-hmm. They had, and then so you would go trade with like the fishermen for fish and yeah. people who from what, have, yeah, from yeah, what okay. I noticed, like they're actually living that older, I guess you said like a barter system, mm-hmm. uh, type of lifestyle, but they had a supermarket, um, with everything in there and that's where they did have more of some of the junk foods, but not too much. It was like in their own, like stuff we wouldn't see here, like companies that are made in the U S they had like their own version of it, but it still wasn't even a lot. It was still like a lot of more fresh produce than anything. Than anything, but yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, and and it's amazing when you see that, and then you hear hear the like the abundance of the processed food and the people. It's cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, because people, you know, supply and demand. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. It's cheaper to make. It's you know, so it's cheaper for people to eat. And they can eat more of it. Let's mm-hmm. just eat more and more. You know, that's one thing about dieting and working out and and getting into that fitness background, which I didn't. I've been doing that sort of stuff for probably. And they get is probably five years now. Five years, I, I started doing CrossFit. That's what I found that I liked as far as working out goes. Everything else was just sports and playing, you know. Yeah. And I was I never really got too overweight except for one time in my life uh, for a short period. But it happens sometimes. But I ate terrible. Yeah. I ate a bunch of junk food, processed stuff, and drank a bunch of sodas. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I did. And when you stop eating that stuff, you realize, oh. Man, I feel so much better. Yeah, like it, it mentally it and physically. Your, man. Yes, yes, yep. mentally and physically, it just changes your whole demeanor, mm-hmm. uh, the way you think, your cognitive function, the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, uh, that's one thing we love about Hawaii. Kind of the same thing of what you were talking about. They do have some of that stuff, but they have so much more of just like a, uh, especially at local shops. It's more of just like they're they're eating. It, their eating isn't always for like indulging, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's for it's like the quality is so much better, and it's all from the earth, and they respect the earth, and then you know they respect the fish that they're killing, and they have a respect all the way around for what they're about to eat, and so it's kind of like, you know, how people pray before they eat. Yeah. Well, this is like a full on legit. I respect what I am about to consume and put in my body because I respect my body. You know, okay. that's kind of their attitude about it. So I'm imagining on that island, it's I've kind of the same thing. Similar stories, kind of in consideration of food when it comes to Hawaii. So I have to ask you: Is the spam thing true? Oh yeah, 100 percent true. Okay, it's just awesome. To make sure I love spam. I know we just talked about processed foods. How bad it is for you? Yeah. But I grew up. My grandparents grew up through the depression. 
And so they yeah. always had spam in their cabinets, and I would cook like spam and egg sandwiches. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. We did, like, <clears throat> ate a couple of them growing up. It's not a bad taste at all. It's just like oh, it's know, weird. Once you figure out what it is, like oh. yeah, it's real weird. It's yeah. terrible for you. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Really, but yeah, they do have like um, so it, they do have a lot of spam. They, they serve spam in every single fast food place that's there, um, and the little different shops and stuff like gas stations. You know, you can go get like a like a little um, fried burrito. With spam, but they do well. They don't do fried burrito and spam. They have these little spam things that are like, it's like gas station food, but they make it with spam. Okay, yeah, kind of. Okay, kind of like what we're used to here, but yeah, okay, yeah. So it's kind of weird. Like instead of going in and seeing like a burrito, a fried burrito, you'll see these little things with spam in the middle of them and whatnot. So okay. they're probably healthier than the burrito, but. Um, Man, yeah. I, I haven't seen a can of Spam in so long. Not and me too. To me I, I mean, now that I'm looking for it, I just feel like I would see that label. They don't just, I mean, it just, it's not like something, we don't ever buy it. I mean, mm. Kim won't ever, she's like, no, we're not eating Spam. I had to have one piece while we were over there. They make this like, I forgot what it's called now, but it's a, it's like a sushi roll. So it has a seaweed around the outside, it mm. has a rice, and in the middle of Spam. <laughs> this is different. Uh, yeah. I had to have them before I left because it's like a, a local delicacy. It's like their treat whenever they have a treat or whatever. That's uh, you just made me think about uh, when we went to Turks. They were eating conch. Uh, you ever watch SpongeBob the Magic Conch Shell? There's actually like a snail type octopus thing that lives that's inside awesome. of there, and that's like their thing to eat over there. So it's kind of like I guess the texture. Is it good for you? I didn't die, so I I don't know if it's good for you. I mean, I, I, it comes it comes from the sea, so I'm guessing it's not too bad. Um, and they yeah, eat it like not. crazy over there on everything. Um, but yeah, that, that's like their thing. It kind of resembles like calamari. Uh, oh, gotcha. Thing. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not yeah. it's not bad. It's not bad. Nice. It was pretty good. But right yeah. on. Now back to um, the question. You, I think you asked. Well, me about, I mean. We can get into your DJ and stuff or whatever. Now. Yeah, I was like, like I didn't want to know. get too too far. No, off, no, no, like. it was fine. Like yeah. it was super interesting. Like it was interesting to hear your side of like I really and I could probably do a whole podcast on the like the cultural things. Oh yeah, and all that. Like it could go way deep. Always, into that that, that's always going to be there. You know, seeing something from your perspective would is different than mine. Yeah, and and I I'll tell you how I learned that is. I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley, right on the border of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I'm like the minority, you know, where I'm growing up. But I didn't know any different. I grew up in that culture. Yeah. So I grew up in this, you know, this certain way, this certain culture, and we were all friends. I didn't look at anything any different. Like this is the way it was. When I moved up here, it was a huge culture shock Man. for me. Ooh, so yeah. I was like, everybody's racist. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe y'all are saying that. Like that wouldn't fly where I'm from. I, I'm I, like it. It took me back for a second, but then I realized, no, these people, they're not racist at all. Like, this is a different culture. And the people who, you know, have that color skin are not offended at what this person's saying. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And this person's not being mean either. So it really opened my eyes to, like, the whole, like, how people are treated. They're really, you know, when really someone has, like, hate in their heart or it's just the way they grew up, what they assume. Yeah. Um, how you're treated is the different story, you know. Yeah, it's like, not a natural thing. Like you aren't born. Yeah. Like I'm gonna hate the shit out of that person over there. No, look like not that. at you're all. Ne- nobody's born like that. that's no, what I. No, man. You take little kids mm-hmm. and let them play, man. They don't care. 
You know, mm-hmm. my kids have been playing with kids that don't speak any English. Oh yeah, and playing games at their birthday party. You know, and it's like one of my best friends. Like he invites us over, and you know they're all playing, and the, all the music is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that, and kids are just playing around and doing stuff, and you know having a great old time. That's they the don't, same way they don't I mean. know the difference. Yeah, exactly. That's the same way. I feel like even for kids growing up like that's gonna make them more curious about well maybe i should learn that language so i can more relate to them like me growing up that's how i was as a kid um because i was around plenty of plenty of people uh plenty of different different people mexicans whites blacks um kind of all over the spectrum i guess you would say and i was always curious about their culture and why they would eat what they were eating and why they spoke the language they were speaking. And I mean, like, if you're going to be around, like, for example, not even to just say it like that, just saying it loosely, like, my, a lot of my friends were Hispanic, so I would want to know what they were saying. You know, the first thing you're, as a kid, you want to know, <laughs> yeah. how do you curse somebody out in Spanish? What do I got to yeah. say? And you know and you know how that goes. Like, you want to know, how can I curse you out? Like, Or, you know, you just want to say small stuff to pick up on it, but that more makes you want to f- realize or see the potential in you putting together a whole sentence and then going on and having a whole conversation like that's I think, I, was. I think your mindset about that is probably why you're so good with people yeah in the DJing business and you're gonna get to see a bunch of different I mean I gotta throw this in there full disclaimer I'm not a club guy at all I understand like uh, you would think this is the weirdest conversation with like like having you on the podcast no, would go be ahead. so weird because I don't I'm not the club guy that goes out and listens to DJs. I can't dance. Like, I wouldn't say I can't dance. I don't dance because I never practiced it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I'm not the best at it anyway. It's not on the top of my talent chart. I'm going to tell you this. I would have known you weren't a club guy if you would have walked in there not knowing you too. Because we see everything, man. We see everything. Like, we can tell when a guy you can't dance. When a, when a guy can't dance, like, we can tell. We can tell when a girl. You know, not even a judge, but I don't think dancing is something that people. You can be great at it in your own respective right and your own opinion, but everybody can dance whether they have two left feet or not. But, like, you can tell some people just aren't comfortable with it or they yeah. know, don't practice it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you would probably be, not even you, but, like, there's guys that will come in there and, like, you can tell they'll hold their drink or they'll hold their beer and they're kind of, like, leaning up against the wall, leaning on the bar, and they're, like, looking around. You know, look up at the DJ, of course. And if they're with a girl, it's like the girl might try to get them to dance. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, you know, they're just yeah. chilling. But I, I, And that's another thing that DJ brought me to realize. Like, not everybody is one of those people that goes out and they're looking to dance. They're looking to, to you know, go out and have their own sort of fun. Like, in their own respective right. And that's one thing I noticed about people. Like, not everybody's going to be like, hey, like, turn up. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, some people have a more cool, calm, lay back and chill, do their own thing. And, you know, that's fine. Like, everybody should be entitled to do what they want. Yeah, but the parties, like, it looks cool, and I have an appreciation for the craft, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, what you do is, like, it's difficult. And when you make something sound awesome that's already created, and then you mix it up, and it, you make something sound cool, like you create something. I love music, like you. Mm-hmm. And having the same thing, I can tell you, I had a record player. We just had to get rid of it because we don't have a place here for it, um, which is fine. I went to a great home. It went to a home where a guy collects um, each decade. He tries to get a record player from it and multiples. So like he collects them from the decades. This was a 65 Zenith. It had a radio in it. It was my grandparents. <clears throat> Speakers attached. It was like a box. Inside, so it would flip up. 
but I got all my grandma's records, which I got the whole, like, the entire Nat King Cole collection. Okay. Um, so I had all, and Dean Martin. So I have all these different, like, varieties of music, and I've always loved going down different avenues. Mm-hmm. Like, the same thing. I had Erica Badu records along with my punk rock and you records. Had to get, did you give the records up, too? Yeah. I don't have them. Uh, yeah, I gave all my records oh, up with it. Man, somebody's got to appreciate it. I can't keep the records and not the player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's got to have them. Like, I, I, I fully believe in somebody appreciating. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to hurt for you because I know I would I would have <laughs> loved to hold on and have held on to that. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was really, it was, it was good, but it went to a good home. You know, yeah. somebody's going to appreciate it. So you're, you're kind of at peace with it a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I don't, I get sentimental a little bit, but it's not like crazy, you know, but I have that same appreciation for music, and so I guess DJing is kind of it's kind of interesting to me. You're like a one man band up there, oh yeah, playing stuff. But then you make a whole business out of it, which I love. Entrepreneur stuff. I also love people who find a different avenue to, like, they do what they love for a living. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's like, you obviously didn't make any money, so you're. This is not something that's like, oh, you just turned up one day and you're making a bunch of money as a DJ, oh, you know? No, no, You're no. not Diplo right now. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it. you didn't just jump in it. This is the stages. Like, mm-hmm. you do it for free for a while. So now you're bouncing. You make connections and you're in the club. What are some of the struggles that you had, like, trying to start? Once you decided, I want to start making a living, mm-hmm. what are some of the struggles that you come across? Um, well, this even ties into the question you asked earlier about how do you get into the clubs and how do you get those events? Um, like I said, figuring out how to market yourself in a personable way. So that's the main thing, figuring out how to market yourself and be presentable, being great at what you do. Um, so how do you like how do you go into marketing yourself? Like me, myself, yeah, personally? because this can help everybody. And I want to use this as like a general thing. That's why I asked you is because um, – a lot of people ask that question. They could have a flower business, mm-hmm. crocheting business, whatever it is. Like you name whatever they, a hobby. Say they love surfing or they love fishing, or and they want to get their message out there. But they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how to get this mm-hmm. this thing out. But I really want to, and it's super fun. Like this is going to be interesting to me to to see because I've seen your Instagram page. I kind of mm-hmm. see your style, so I want to hear your answer on how you do it. So this is taking it back even before. Uh and I'm going to get to that also, but this is taking it back. Uh, one of the first things I ever did to market, uh, I had a roommate at the time. And this dude, he is blowing up now. Uh, he is a marketing. I, I actually was blessed to live with or live with and live right next door to two marketing geniuses. Um, one's name is Kickflip and one's name is Little, Little Zach. Uh, so what we would do was. I feel cool just to be in the room when you're talking about these people. Oh man, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like these dudes, they got it. Like I've drawn so much inspiration from them over the years. Like what we would do is, and I can't remember if Kickflip or Zach came up with the idea, but it definitely trickled down to help me do what I'm doing today. You know, when you're walking through the mall and you go through the the food area, they're giving out free samples. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is, and this is a key uh, marketing tip for anybody that's looking to get started: figure out a way that cost effective to give out something for free and show how good you are at it show how good your craft is so we literally would buy thousands of cds there's thousands of kids on campus cds we would each put together like a 20 minute mix put it all on one cd we would sit there and we had the mega cd burner we would sit there 
burn all the CDs. We all take shifts burning them, popping them in, popping them out, putting them in the the, the little uh, containers and putting the labels over them. We would design. Kickflip was good at uh, Photoshop, so he would design the, the flyer or the little uh, CD cover with all of our faces and names on there and our Instagram names and all our information on there. And we would literally get a backpack full on top of the backpack we had for school, go through campus and pass it out to everybody. It didn't matter what you look so like. your own money. You spent your oh, own yeah. money all together, mm-hmm. your time and effort to put this together, and then you're giving away for free. Yeah, and this is maybe like, we probably ended up spending like maybe a hundred bucks. Like we always found creative ways to like either get it for free, not stealing anything, but like get it for free, yeah. or get it for the super low. Like the CDs, we probably spent about a hundred bucks um, getting all the CDs because we had a connection with a guy who had, um, who was doing basically the same thing, but he knew how to get the CDs for cheaper from a warehouse. So we was getting those CDs, uh, getting the sleeves, uh, and those were like maybe 10, 15 bucks for like 50 of them. So that was nothing uh, except the little plastic ones. And then, we, like I said, we would go and pass them out to everyone. It didn't matter if you were a professor on campus walking through, if you were one of the locals acting like you went to school, just posing on the yard, or if you were sitting there studying, we would just come up and, hey, and place one on your on your. Um, on your, your book or whatever you're doing at the time or on your table as you're sitting down and you're eating. Now, with that being said, you hand somebody something, that's your opening gate for a conversation if you choose to indulge or they choose to indulge in a conversation with you. Oh. So you're like, hey, oh, you're a DJ. You're like, yeah, my name's uh, Adonis. Uh, I DJ here on campus. And then you're getting to know them and that person might be in an organization there on campus. From there, like, hey, remember that guy Adonis? Uh, we don't have his information. Oh, wait, we do have his information. We got it on the CD. Here we go. Uh, organization, we talked on the e-board. We have this, that, and the third going on, and we have this much to offer you in the budget. Like, does this fit what, you know, you can do and you can come out for? Yeah, sure. Like, I'm taking anything I can get at that time while I'm in college, and, like, I'm building up my reputation. So from there, I mean, it just kind of goes on. But, like, to sum up the point, find something that, you're great at and then figure out a way to creatively get your great content to them if you don't have much money there's always a way around it but marketing yourself that was one thing that really propelled me to getting good at sam because it led to so many different gigs just passing out them free cds and opening up them gates for conversation that opened up the gate for gigs and you know money came along the way but more of the relationships you create along the way like say for example now like I do the thing with the t-shirts yeah I literally will buy about $300 worth of these t-shirts every couple of months or so and then I just literally will give them out for free at events like I'll do something random like hey follow me on Instagram I'll give you guys a t-shirt boom they do it I throw them a t-shirt and they're like hey you gave us a shirt like we like that dude like we now get to have a conversation with him he talks to us like it's just little creative ways to Find out how you can get inside of people's heads. Not in a bad way, but just, like, get to know them. Have you always been outgoing like that? Were you willing to talk to people? Or was this something that, like, was a fear to go, like, that first moment when you're going to give that first CD away to somebody, you're like, they ain't going to like this. They're not going to listen to it. You know, are those thoughts going through your head before Man. you do it? You make yourself as prepared as possible. So, like, on, say, for example, like, my first time ever making a mix... Uh, for one of those CDs, like, and I knew I had to come with it because they were already doing it, so they bought me in, and I was like, man, I gotta come with it. So I might have did that mix 
I don't know how many times and, and was like listening to it myself. This is like, did this take time? Like you're recording a mix for maybe like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a whole hour maybe. And you could mess up one time in that mix and you have to start over. Time. Then say, like, let's say, for example, you do that 20 times. This might take you a day or two. Um, you go back and listen to it and you're like, nah, that ain't it. Like, you know, you want to put your, your best foot out there or your best work out there. But to, to answer your question I think I've always been outgoing, but I'm not sure at the same time if this makes any sense because I can remember being little and thinking like, damn, I'm shy as shit. <laughs> like, because I came in contact with so many people and I would not, like my family's huge. Yeah. And my there's some shit talkers. Like they will roast you for anything. You come out of the house with your shirt, uh, not matching your pants or shoes. Man, what the hell are you doing? Da, da, da. So I was like, man, I don't even want to walk by them. I don't want to talk to them. Like, do nothing. So I think I it put me in a little shell. So I think I would like. Man, but you think I, it's part of the vulnerability though? Like yeah. that's your work. Like this is your craft. And at this moment, your confidence isn't high, like crazy high, because well, you've been mixing at a pool. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get on doing this stuff. At you know, you're just starting out. Like, oh yeah. You think it's good because it's starting to sound better to you, but is it really good? Like, are you asking yourself that question? Yeah. Is it you really definitely, good? Man, you're going to question. You're going to go through every emotion. Like, I just uh, put that on a caption on my picture that you're going to go through every emotion, the highs and the lows, until you just realize that the more work you do, the better you're going to get, the better position you're going to be in as a person. Because I can even remember going back to the mixtapes, like my very... I think it might have been my second mixtape I had ever put out. So I'm building up the buzz for this mixtape. And it's like a Halloween mixtape. I'm building up the buzz. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to drop this today at such and such time. I'm going to put it <laughs> yeah. on all the, the streaming platforms for y'all. But then I'm going to come to school the next day with a physical copy. So people knew to look for me that next day. That next day, or I think it was the day It was a day when I was uh, getting ready to put it out on all the social media platforms. I had already posted the actual like uh, CD cover. I literally was in a meeting for an organization. I walked out to go use the restroom, and I could hear this girl around the corner. It crushed me so hard. She was like, man, what the hell is he doing? This cover's ugly. And I knew she was talking about me, and I walked around the corner, and I saw her phone, and we just looked at each other, and I was like, damn, that shit hurt. But I still kept going. That next day, I came to school. Didn't get inside of my head for too long. Like, I'm never one of the ones that's going to, like, listen to somebody else for too long. Did it make you want to get better? Hell you make yeah. you want to improve it, or did you just leave it because you go, no, I like that cover. I'm gonna no, leave it. The cover was dope. The cover was dope, so I left it. I wasn't about to change it for her, for her one opinion. Well, that's like know. that's what I'm saying. You're not listening. You're not listening to that one, the one person. So yeah, take, let's take an example. How, you said hundreds of CDs. Mm-hmm. How many people listen to that CD? Ten. Yeah, yeah. Now your numbers. So now you got. 90 CDs that went in a mm-hmm. trash can and everyone got to listen to. Oh, yeah. I'm all those sure people, a lot of them did. Boom, boom, boom. They're all in the trash can. But mm-hmm. you don't care about the 90. You care about the 10. Mm-hmm. It's just like in, in relation to an event or to a party. Uh, say, for example, you could play a song and you would hit five people over here with that one song. They're having a good time. But you got three people over here to the left, me mugging you because they ain't <laughs> feeling it. But then you might play a song and mix something in the next few seconds, and it's like, damn, those three people that were hating me now are in love with me, and these people over here now hate me. So you can never, you can't really just please everybody, but you try your best. You go out there, and you can't listen to the people over here that are saying your cover's ugly or not feeling the song at the moment. Like, you just got to keep going, man. And stuff, all it always ends up working out. Like, yeah. that's one thing. Just, like, keep going. 
keep actively trying to figure things out and there's nothing that can stop you I feel like honestly yeah no I mean I, you you did it with nothing like you did it like all these little inventive ways that you found like to promote your stuff to market it mm-hmm. um, to put yourself out there with no fear of being judged by other people oh yeah Oh well, I mean, maybe the fear's there of being judged, but you like can't a little let it bit. Get to you. But you didn't let it affect you. You were, you almost let it motivate you. Oh yeah, like motivate you. On you that. Ha- you have to, man, because haters gonna be there regardless on everything. Haters, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's with everything that you do. The most vulnerable thing is like talking to this microphone right now, sharing your feelings. It goes out to the world. Like everything you say, it just goes mm-hmm. out to everybody, and somebody can listen to that and go, "Man, that guy's full of crap." Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, whatever they could turn you off. You know, you're. I always say it's like so many emotions because you're putting yourself out there for everybody to judge like yeah. you're throwing yourself out there mm-hmm. doing something you love to do and somebody's going to say it's not good and you got to know how to deal with that part too there's always going to be somebody that has something to say but it's like say for example we're doing this who could tell my story better than me or who could tell you how to do what you do better than you in your own respective right yeah so. no, yeah nobody can do that you know nobody you got your own style and your own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got. Like, you have your own style and the way you do things. Rob's got his own style. Oh, yeah. They're two totally different people. You'll watch watch both of you two DJ. It's two totally different things. Oh, yeah. It's a totally different event. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But both of you are being exactly who you are. Oh, yeah. And that's what that I love it. I, I love that you can be who you are. I love Rob, man. Rob's a great dude, bro. <laughs> Rob, I'm glad yeah. me and him uh, kind of became a little closer the last few months, man. Rob's an awesome guy. Yeah. Shout out to DJ Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to get to some of the people you get to meet with that. Go ahead. Because I know that some of the things like you talked about on Twitter or whatever, but also, I was scrolling through one time and like Rob had a thing on his Instagram that was like him and Paul Wall. Mm-hmm. Now I like rap. I I like my rap music a lot. I spent a lot of time in the CD store oh, with yeah. stuff, and I'm like, back when they used to have CD stores, man, I made myself sound old, didn't I? Oh man, <laughs> Dude, trust me, I was there for CDs too, man. Uh, you heard my story earlier. But, uh, I was there for them. But I saw him, and I was like, "That's Paul Wall. Mm-hmm. Is he with Paul Wall?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's come over here for a couple minutes." Then I saw a picture of you with Paul Wall too. So I'm like, I gotta know as a DJ when you like. You do these gigs, and then you get, like, who are the types of people you get to meet? And then are you ever awestruck by these people? And do they ever become just normal human beings once you're around them for a while? Man, you want to know what? I can answer that question by saying this. First of all, Paul Wall is literally one of the most humblest, down-to-earth people. I don't even call him a rapper. Like, just a, a human being because... With his platform, you know, some of them, I've met celebrities that act a certain type of way and they don't really just want to give you their time at the time. That's what I had to understand also. Um, but Paul Wall literally was like, man, let me take a picture with you. Like he has, if you go on his Instagram, he That's has a awesome. backup page and it's like, I think it's called Paul Wall and Me, where he takes pictures with people, like selfies, or he'll take a picture with them and just post it. Like that's one of the most genuine most humblest, humblest even a word, I don't even know, yeah. most humble people <laughs> yeah. um, that I've came across. Uh, but meeting people and, or meeting, I guess you would say celebrities, me I try to think of, I don't want to be awestruck in a sense of, oh, I'm not going to be that person. They'd be like, ooh, I'm not going to be that person. I'm just like, I think of everybody as a human being. Yeah. So I would want to, like I said, get to 
introduce myself to them or them introduce to me and just be like myself and them be them. I don't want them to feel like, you know, oh, this dude's just another DJ trying to be cool and take a picture with me and stuff. I want to like, I would actually want to have a conversation and like just figure out like what makes them tick. Like, and if I had a booming podcast, like I would want them to come on there and like, you know, just give background information or, you know, talk about them growing up. I don't ever want to be like awestruck because I've met some pretty cool people and I've been fortunate enough to like be in the same area with them, but I don't want to be like awestruck ever. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing because I, I've only had that feeling, you know, a couple of times mm-hmm. um, with some people. I'm like, oh, I kind of fanboyed out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, and I think athletics did that for me a lot, was you realize like you all go through the same sort of growing pains for the most part. Some guys may have more talent than you, but you realize mm-hmm. like, Man, that dude is a regular human that just has a special talent that entertains. You know what I mean? He breathes just like I breathe. You tie your shoes like I do. And it's like not even to say it like that, but some people just do fall into that. Well, it's entertaining, man. It's entertaining, dude. Just like what you do as a DJ is entertaining. Mm -hmm. And they go, dude, that's DJ Donis, man. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, dude, you're just a regular dude, you know? I I would want people to know, like, I'm one of the most coolest down to earth people i love to talk to people and just get to know people like i'm not a celebrity or anything or none of that like i don't, I don't no. ever aim to yeah. be like it's still cool to to just see people like think like that though like oh that'll be awestruck like, you, yeah but i mean if you have that that awestruck thing i think you can be let down i yeah. guess is what i'm saying is it i understand mm-hmm. that these are just human beings they have flaws and so like you meet them and they treat you like crap you're like Maybe he's just having a bad day like I have a bad day sometimes. Or oh, yeah. maybe he really is just a douchebag and of a human being. Like, never I can appreciate his craft, his craft, you know, what he does. He doesn't have to be a nice guy because he entertains me on the TV screen or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But um, as far as, like, even down to, like, businessmen, regular people, all that good stuff. Like, what... What type of people come out to your shows? Like, what type of people come out? You're doing such a wide variety of things, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. The mixture of people and your cult, like your upbringing and the stuff that you've done has kind of led you to where you can kind of feel out a crowd. I feel like you could even DJ a country gig. Oh, country's easy. <laughs> you, with country, there's you can creatively like mix country songs, but for the most part, like people want to enjoy those songs like through and through, like with a different type of song like I can mix it in and bring in another song it's like bam hit them with the hits but country is like pretty much straight to the point but um in regards to your question meet, you said meeting people yeah yeah so like the, you know I talked about awestruck but then you meet like you meet like so many different crazy people and you're mm-hmm. DJ, like you were saying you love to talk to so many different people it's not just one generic type of person you're dealing with mm-hmm. in your gigs because you do such a wide variety. You've got professors, you've got, oh, yeah. you know, you, you're dealing with like so many different human beings uh, from all sorts of different like education levels, mm-hmm. not just Paul Wall, like as a famous person, but like a professor that's made his way up, a businessman that owns this big business. You know, you've talked, you get to talk to all these different, yeah. you know, just from a DJ gig. Think about that for a second, like yeah. from a booth, spinning a record through music you get to tie all these people together. Man, I, you, you're making me think like how many cool and interesting people I've met. So I got to meet a few, I want to say like two months ago maybe, uh, and I, his name is going to skip me right now, but he's the guy that does, 
He's the main announcer for A&M uh, at the football games. And he's the guy, he's like the voice, basically. I cannot think of his name, but he actually came to the wedding I was DJing uh, because I think he was involved with the core also, and then one of the, the groom was involved with the core. So he was there, and he was like, yeah, he was like, um, he was going to be the one basically to introduce them, and I didn't know that it was a surprise to them because they were like, the groom is going to flip out once he hears him. Um, and I got to meet <laughs> him. Awesome. This guy has like this phenomenal voice. Like, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Some people, you hear them announce, and you're like, dude, if you're around that guy all the time, he sounds like that. He's talking. He's not making that voice up. And his conversation, just like the way his uh, his tonality, the the tone of his voice, like everything was just like, damn, I want to be like him. Kind of. like, it was like one of the moments for me. Like, I don't know if that's weird to say, <laughs> no, uh, but I was like, man, this dude has the voice. Uh, you know, there's plenty of people you could say that has a voice like that before to be like, live and he's like right here i thought maybe i was fanboying out a little bit not too much but, but i was more like, on the talent yeah i, get, yeah, I was like I, that's I something to look up to and something to be inspired by and more of i've met um say for example the president she's a, a female actually the president of sam houston state mm-hmm. dana hoy is a female literally one of the coolest laid back easy to talk to um type of people you can run into but she runs a whole university and has been doing it on a successful level for so many years and she has to deal with so much especially as a female because I think she's like one of the only females and I could be wrong so Miss Hoyt don't be mad at me but uh, I could be wrong I think she's one of the only ones like in Texas or like for a major university do you think Um, you could get all these people on a podcast possibly like you just ask them and they'd be on a podcast right I think so the conversation level um and the relationship, I guess you could say, I built with them, it would probably work, probably to fit it in on their busy schedules. But I would definitely shoot for it. Um, like I said, meeting some cool people. I've met plenty of owners of different businesses out in the, out in the area and kind of all over. Uh, getting to meet with them, um, just hearing their background stories. I love background stories, man. Like figuring out or hearing why people tick and do what they do. Like the inspiration behind it all. Uh, but I've met some pretty cool people at events dude i think you're perfect for a podcast i think i should yeah you i will like, i will you've got that inquisitive mind you know a bunch about people you've had some crazy experiences like with different things and you know so many different people like that's what you said like the power of knowing people when they really say it's not what you know it's who you know there's nothing more true than that there really isn't like it really is you do have to know things but if you're a genuine human yeah it is who you know, man. It's who you meet and who you make yourself like friends with. Um, you got to be vulnerable with people. You have all that stuff. If you're genuine and you really have a kind heart going into something, when the it, it's it's who you know. Mm-hmm. It's unstoppable, man. Um, and you hear that growing up. Like you hear that. You hear those. It's one of those expressions you hear growing up. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And then you're like, well, damn, I only know my two best friends because I'm so young right now. Or I only know my cousins because I play with them every day. But you you grow to understand that, like, it, it, there's power in, in knowing people and having quality relationships that are built over, you know, even the smallest conversations or smallest commonalities. But I feel like definitely, man. Like, I, But I think a lot of that stems from, too, just in my head thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm replaying your CD thing. Uh, all the efforts, you know, of giving your stuff away for free, people mm-hmm. throwing stuff away, that lady saying she don't like your cover, all that stuff. If you just got pissed off and, you know, yelled at her or just, you know, 
made her mad. I'm not saying that you can't express your emotions, but just moving on and dealing with your own thing, it seems to make it more endearing to humans as to be like, if you ask that same person that like, man, I don't like that cover, but you're friendly with that person. You can have a disagreement about this. Yeah. And you go, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. Yeah, so you, you know can tell what I mean? Me I, don't, I still don't like, like your cover. cover you yeah, <laughs> so you can tell me why now. I can give you know I mean? your head now. I think that attitude right there, and that's that's part of not listening to the judgment of other people too, you mm-hmm. know, and what you do. Uh, it's just crazy that your music can tie all this stuff together. You can oh, yeah. meet all these people, but you definitely need to have a podcast. I'm getting it. Definitely, I'm, dude. I'm, I will. And you just got to start it, just like you did with the CDs and the DJ, dude. Just start it. And you know what? I'm going to interview you. <laughs> I, I have to. I have this planned out. I'm going to interview you. <laughs> Go for it. I'm free anytime, man. It's, it's super fun. I've actually been interviewed one time. My friend Paul Porras interviewed me on a little video thing that he was doing. Um, it was a blast, man. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun. Oh, yeah, because uh, you get to just like open up, man, and... Like, when we were talking, you said, is there anything you don't want to cover? I'm like, man, I'm an open book, dude. I'm That's me. That's me, too. Book, man. That's me, too. Well, thanks, man. Tell everybody where they can see you, how they can find all your stuff. Uh, buy your shirts. Get a free shirt. I don't know. Oh, all yeah. the Instagram, Twitter, anything you want to let everybody know, just you know, tell them where they can find you. Um, let me see. All of my social media handles are going to be at the t-h-e d-j a-d-o-n-i-s uh and that's instagram twitter snapchat uh pretty much anything related to social media my facebook page is the dj adonis as well um you can look for me on google too if you're looking for a dj check me out i got some really awesome reviews and those are true to life um (laughs) my reviews are pretty awesome i I take pride in those uh let me see what else Uh, as far as like getting a t-shirt or anything I'm gonna let y'all in on a little gym. I've never charged anybody for a t-shirt ever, Uh-oh. like a day in my life. Like I pay for those and I give them out, but it's more of a you got to catch me in the right moment or at the right event. And if I have some left over and you happen to ask, you're more than welcome to have one. Um, but I've never charged anyone for a t-shirt. Like money isn't. Like, I'm not rich. I'm not balling, balling. But it's not. A, it's not an issue when it comes to that. It's. It's. I feel like it's in me to just give back to people when I can. So, you're doing what you love, dude. Doing that, what I love. That's all, like you're fulfilled. Yeah. I'm fulfilled. I'm happy with that. There you go, man. Definitely. Well, thanks, DJ Adonis. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned into the podcast. And thank you to DJ Adonis for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. That was a really fun episode. And the conversation was great. If you want to support the podcast then go to iTunes or whatever your listening platform is, rate and review, subscribe, whatever. It really helps out a lot. Share it on social media, the episodes that you enjoy. I really appreciate any sort of help and the support of the podcast. We also sell coffee. Go to 95adventures.com and you can buy all of our different blends. We have a couple new things coming out, including possibly a cascara tea. So stay tuned for that and keep up to date on all the new things coming out on the website. Outside of that, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And until the next one, see you later.